got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time for that. All right, let's go. Break it. Break it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. David Lesky going to join the show coming up here in... uh, about 10 minutes or so, the Royals might be the best team in the American League. I mean, statistically, like factually, record-wise, they are. But it's baseball. So it's kind of weird because baseball truly, you know, treasures their stats and their record books. But like literally the record, like the standings, they don't mean a whole lot. Because like you can be in first place and be a bad team. It will correct itself over time. But for the first time, people, like, I see people, I see my friends, like, I saw, I was with some buddies on the weekend. For the first time in probably five years, four years, friend asked me just simply the question, what do you think about the Royals? Nobody asks that question about bad teams. What, do you, what is there to think about? They suck, right? You never ask your friend, what do you think of our, of our, of our baseball team that's yeah. in last place? You excited for 144 more of these? <laughs> it's like, I don't think anything. Our starting rotation sucks and we can't hit. Nobody, I don't have any game changers defensively. Now, though, people are asking, what do you think of the Royals? And that, to me, is the clearest sign that even if they're not a good team, they're interesting, and that's half the battle. At, at this moment in time, they're at least interesting and maybe good. I'll ask that to David Lesky when he joins the show coming up here in a sec. We got RCSD Trivia. Round of 32 beginning today. Now, we had some really good first-round matchups. I have a feeling the second round is going to be fantastic. It was really chalky. And I'm, and I'm looking at the updated bracket. How many upsets did we have? Like, bona fide upsets. Because, like, you can say 7-10 upset. Well, sometimes the 10 seed could be favored over the seventh seed if it's uh if it's a mid-major Cinderella. I mean, what was it? Um, Loyola Chicago was number nine on Kimpom, and they get a nine seed. So you got a couple ten seeds. I don't count those as upsets. Um, Midwest straight chalk. Midwest straight chalk except for a ten seed. East region, you got an eleven and twelve. And a 15. West region, that is legitimately straight talk, straight chalk. I guess you got a 9 over an 8. Don't count that. And south region, you got a 16 or 4. Like, some of the seating is random, but some of it's based off, okay, you were in this last year. You did well. We're going to give you a higher seed. And thus far, most of the guys that you've rewarded with one or two seeds have proven to be worthy of them. Yeah, I can tell you how the seeding was done. I mean, this isn't like a complete secret. Um, yeah, full transparency, man. That's what we need yeah, more of. No, I don't, I don't care. I'm not the NCAA tournament committee. You know, I don't have to worry about, oh, well, we had to travel here and I had to pay extra for my airline. I don't know, whatever. Um, so we based it last year 
took records from everybody, not just like, you know, how far you made it, but how you did on, on your questions. Um, so the further you made it, you would be seated higher. And the tiebreaker for if you made it to the same round was based on how you did on questions, mm-hmm. right? Were you four and one? Were you four and two? Were you six and one? Whatever it was. So that's how we seated that. And then if you had a record of 500 or below on questions, you were given a lower seat, right? So if you were one and one, you were two and two, you were 0 and one, those were a lot of like the 15 and the 16 seats. And then in between, you had pretty much eight seeds and like 14 seeds. And those were assigned randomly. Those were assigned, not totally randomly. Those were assigned based on how quickly you registered. So pretty much if you registered faster, you got a higher seed. And it might have been adjusted, you know, a line or something because it just worked out that like, oh, you need to be in this region because all these people are available on Wednesday, you know? I think, first off, it's pretty remarkable the way that some of the guys from last year who did well come back. I was convinced it's all random. Because we say that all the time with the NCAA tournament. One game sample, you have one off day, boom, done, season over. Bounce in the first round. When clearly you are one of the top teams. I kind of view that the same way here. There are guys I think are good, but I don't think it matters. Because all it's going to take is one question that you don't happen to know, done. But thus far, all the guys, all the people who did well last year have done really well again this year. What I love to see, though, is the people who were in it last year, didn't do well, came back, and like they have something to prove. Like There are people who got bounced early, first round, second round, who look like they're poised for deep runs. And that's exciting, too. Because I'll tell you this. I'm a coward. If I would have done this last year and I would have done poorly and got bounced, I would never show my face again. Wow. I would say that. I would say that competition is stupid. The, they, the questions are dumb. I mean, we had some people say that anyway. So Yeah, but that would be me. <laughs> and that's, those are the people I hate. Those are the people I'm like, really, dude, just stand up. Like, they say that you hate in people what you hate in yourself. So, right, exactly. Yeah. So... I do. I'm not in love with myself because I know I would be a coward, which is why I would never do this. And that's why I say I, I love everyone who's ever done RCST trivia. You're family to me. I'd take a bullet for you. If you needed a kidney, you can have one of mine. Mm. It's binding now. Don't hold me to that. But I will say that it's fun to see people a year later come back in and like with like having something to prove. Uh, Ben, Ben Wilson, you know, the, the potential husband wife matchup that we could get. He did poorly last year, came back, did great. Andrew Wymore poorly last year, best performance of the first round. All right. There's some new Titans emerging the field stronger. I'm excited to see what's going to go down here over the coming weeks, week two. Today and the rest of this week, and after this week, we'll have the field of 16 set. Whittling down very quickly, let's talk some Royals baseball. David Lesky, he's joining us next. Kansas City Royals get the series sweep. Four-game series sweep in Detroit. I didn't know this. There's several caveats there at the end of that call, but first time in franchise history that's happened. Uh, I don't know if that's significant because Detroit's really lousy. What is significant 
Royals bounce back after losing their first series last week. They are in first place. Best team in the AL? Question mark. I don't know. Should that should there be a question mark on the end of that statement? David Lesky joins us now on the show. I would highly suggest, if you're a Royals fan, you need to go subscribe to this dude, insidethecrown.substack.com. Every morning, I get a Royals story in my inbox. Not a link, in my inbox. It's as convenient as you can possibly consume things that you want to consume. David joins us now on the show. David, is this the best team in the American League? Uh, the standings say they are. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, right now, yeah, they're absolutely the best. I mean, they, look, they, they've, they're not, I don't think they're the best team. Uh, I think, and there's a decent argument to make they're not the best team in their own division. I think the White Sox are really good. The Twins have been horrible, but, I mean, they're talented. Come on. That, that's not going to last forever. It's nice to get a, a cushion to start on them for sure. Um, and, you know, the Red Sox have been good. The Yankees are in a, in a, having a tough go to start the year, but they're good. The Rays are good. Blue Jays are good. I mean, it's, there's a lot of really solid teams in the American League. But Royals have the best record of all of them. So that they're, they're, in, they're in the right position. And it's just, you know, I was thinking about this right before I came on. It's nice to not have to play catch-up for once. Even... Yeah, I think back to the 2017 team, and I think there were a lot of factors that, that made them start slow. Um, it was they were just playing catch up all season long, so they were. Yeah, I think that had that team had some talent and had a chance to be a playoff team, but I mean they started so poorly that it was just they never were able to get, you know, really really fully back to where they needed to be. They got into a wild card spot at one point, I think, and that's when they traded for Melky Cabrera. But it's just it's nice to be out ahead of it, and you can look at, okay, well, what's a, what's a playoff team? 90 wins. All right, well, that means they have to go 76 and 65 the rest of the way. That, that's more doable than 90 and 72 teams. So, you know, I don't know if they're the best, but they're the best right now, and, and they're setting themselves up really nicely for a fun summer. Yeah, it was funny. I was telling Derek, you know, this weekend, for the first time in probably, I don't know, four years or so, I had a friend ask, what I thought about the Royals. Yeah. And it's a very simple question that you could ask whenever you want, but nobody asks that about bad teams, David. So the fact that like there is seems to be a palpable buzz right now around the Royals, that means something too, right? Even if it, there is some regression and we find out that, okay, this team's not terrible, but they're not a first-place team, Like it still matters that there is buzz around this organization right now, does it not? Well, yeah, it does. And it also, I mean... The way they, the way you start a season, really dictates how you maintain a season, right? If they were seven and fourteen, and I'm trying to think of an example, Andrew Benintendi was still struggling in the number two spot, you might leave him there. You might leave him there to say, "Hey, we're going to let this guy figure it out because we think he's a big part of the 2022 team, and we want to get him right, and we, you know, all this stuff." And they've already moved him, so it's not, this isn't the best example, but. At a fourteen and seven team, it's like yeah, you got to put it. He, he can figure it out at the bottom of the order. We can't have this at the top, you know. It, it's it's all about winning right now because they're winning right now. And and I think that that'll extend as long as they can keep this up. I don't think they're going to win one hundred eight games. That's not my guess. Is no. If your over under is one hundred seven point five, I'm going to take the under. Just throwing that out there. If if you want to talk about about our bets later this this segment or not, but um, I. You know, if they can keep winning at some level and stay, even if they're not in first place, three, four games out in mid-June, 
Are they more aggressive with Bobby Witt Jr.? Are they more aggressive with Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coar? <laughs> you know, all, all these guys. If Brad Keller had an okay-ish start today, he's had a lot of problems. Um, but if if he's still kind of ugh, a little bit nausea-inducing on the mound, and they're 35 and 24, does he make the next start? That after he struggles again, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that. When you're winning, you have to be more aggressive about these things, and you have to do things that in, that impact winning now versus winning in the future. And it's just nice to be in that position to watch this team there because every, nothing nothing has been about this year for for at least four years. <laughs> and and it's nice to watch a team not thinking about, oh, well, where is he going to hit in the 2023 lineup? No, it's about where he's going to hit tomorrow. And that that's a really nice feeling. And I think that it keeps fans engaged, keeps fans Watching the team keeps fans asking, what do you think about the Royals this year? Because yeah. you're right. You don't hear that when they're bad. Oh, you, you occasionally get a, boy, how bad are the Royals? Yeah. But never, <laughs> what do you think about them? And, and it's, a, it's a nice feeling. Let's start with the, the starting pitching and the guy who went today, Brad Keller. Um, I know time before last uh, against the Rays wasn't great. Pulled after, I think it was, what, uh, after two outs in the second inning. Inning on two-thirds, I think, yeah. Um. What are you going to need to see from him before you are not concerned whatsoever? What are you going to need so, to see to where you would think he is quote unquote back to being Brad Keller? Just going to just going to let you see how the sausage is made. You pulled me away from writing about this. Just just perfect. <laughs> just for the record. Um the the thing that I noticed today, the command still wasn't there. And and that that's really the issue with him. He's not getting hit all that hard, really. I mean, he's given up some hard hit balls more than last year, but last year was so ridiculous that it, he wasn't going to continue that. He's everything looks generally okay, but he's just leaving too many pitches over the plate. And when he's not leaving over the plate, he's not anywhere near the plate, so he's not getting swings and misses on bad pitches. It, it's just a it's a bad combination for him right now. Um, I'm going to have a, a little image in my article tomorrow. His sliders way too he's caught way too much of the plate and he got he got lucky because the tigers are a really bad offense um well i don't know if they're really bad they're a bad offense playing really poorly which makes them really bad right now um and they, they, they just didn't take advantage like they absolutely should have and like the indians will in his next start if he does that again um and they're not even a good offense but they will take advantage of the sliders that he left out over the plate and so to me, it's really about that command. You know, when, when I think back, there was a first inning at bat with Miguel Cabrera that he ended up walking. The first two pitches, maybe the first three pitches, hit Salvador Perez's glove exactly where Perez wanted them. And I thought, okay, maybe he's getting back on track. And then I think that was the at bat that he spiked the ball, like 53 feet or whatever it was. And just, it was gone. It was absolutely gone, which I think he's overthrowing. Um, and so there, there's a, there's a mental aspect, right? It, it, it's very possible that he is in his head, and I would be too if I had starts like he's had to start the season. And it, it was a here we go again, and maybe maybe getting the results without the best stuff and best command might be the best thing for him because it, it kind of gets him out of his head a little bit for his next start. But really, he, he's got to have better command than he had today. Two walks is great, but there, there's a lot of pitches over the middle of the plate, and a better team will punish those. So he, he's got he's got to be more on the edge than he was today. Um, when I see that he was he was that with, against the Angels and that one good start, and I thought that was a turning point. Which 
concerns me because it means one start will not turn him, obviously, because he was so bad against the Rays the last time out. So it's going to be a couple starts, but I just want to see him not miss over the plate quite as much um, and, you know, kind of get back to the edges and the, and the top, top, very top of the strike zone is where he's successful too a lot of the time. Just he needs to be able to, to put the ball where he wants it and not where the hitters want it because in, until then it, he's going to keep struggling. Talking to David Lesky here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm not going to ask you, David, who you think the Royals' best starting pitcher is or who has been the best this year, but who has impressed you the most from the starting rotation this year? Well, I, th- there's two answers. One, obviously Danny Duffy. I mean, .39 the ERA. It's hard to, hard to argue with that. What's impressed me about him is he's held his velocity. He's looked, he's looked like a guy who can give you, I don't know if it's 30 starts in a season like this or in any season with Duffy, but 25 quality starts. You think back to Duffy's career, he's never really been bad. People always talk about him like, oh, it's a Duffy blow-up. He's never, he's never bad. He hasn't been the ace that a lot of people maybe thought he could be, but um, he, he looks as good as he's looked since at least 2016 this season. So he's been really impressive. But Brady Singer, after that first start, he struggled in his first start, and that was a command thing for him too. After that, he's looked really, really good. Um, Starting against the Angels, I think I wrote after that one was one where I thought he could be a little more wild, and that's true. I think he needed to, like Keller, not be in the middle of the zone quite as much. He hasn't been. <laughs> he's been he's been really really good. He took advantage of a bad Tigers lineup the other day, um, but he's he's he also took advantage of um, who did he face before? I think was it the Rays or the the Blue Jays? I think it was the Blue Jays. It's a good Blue Jays lineup, and he had no trouble with them. Um, he's been really impressive over his last three starts, and I think. He, he's the guy, along with some of the prospects, if you're looking for a, a guy who can carry a staff, it's him or somebody not on the roster right now. It's not, it's not Duffy. It's not Keller. It's not, not Junis. Not Mike Miner. It, it's one of those guys. Um, but, and Singer's been off to a really good start. And I, I, I'm at a point now where I'm just really excited to see his next start, which is it's a fun place to be with pitchers. You, it, I, you think back to Jordano Ventura when he was going good. Um, Zach Grinke in his Cy Young season. You know, these guys, there have been others too, but they're guys who you you look forward and you go, okay, singer two, three, four, five. Okay, he's pitching on this day. I'm definitely going to make sure to watch this day. And I, I don't know, it's it's more fun when you've got these pitchers you, that are appointment watching. And singer right now is. Yeah, it's it's interesting you, when you phrase it like that, just being excited for the next game. And I'd imagine that's going to be the feeling with him all season, or maybe we'll get to a point where the anticipation isn't there as much because you just sort of expect it to be good. And I think we're probably yeah. probably still a little bit of ways away from that, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, he had what twelve starts last year, um, four starts this year. I mean, he's he's not even he's not even halfway through our typical big league season as far as number of starts. But his progression's been really nice to see. Um, I, I've obviously I've not been quiet about my concern about Cal Eldred with with these young pitchers, and to see Singer progress the way he has from those first few starts last season up to where he is right now makes me a little more comfortable about Cal. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say I think he's a great pitching coach because I still don't. But if, if he's getting through to these guys, I don't I don't especially care if I agree with him. I just want him to get through to the pitchers he has and get the best out of them. And Brady Singer's the first real test and the first good example that he, he he's getting better, and that's an, that's a good thing for 
for the Royals coaching staff, for, for Singer, for the future, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a little ways before you get you, before you expect the seven innings, one run, three hits type starts. But until then, like I said, it's fun to look, look forward and see when he's starting next and be ready to watch that game. I know you've said in past conversations that we've had that you weren't ready to commit to the idea that you're going to have these typical bullpen roles where maybe we won't have a, a bona fide closer. Do you still feel that way with what we've seen from Josh Stoma? You know, I I would still I would still not have a traditional closer. Um, and again, you got to have the guys who buy in, of course, but. I think that the Royals bullpen is such that you can use these guys in different ways. Um, it looks like it looks like Dalmont might be the guy now. They, they may have kind of settled on him on the roulette scale or scale, you know, the roulette wheel. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with it. I, I think that the Royals have a couple guys. I think I think Scott Barlow. I think Tyler Zuber to some extent. He's looked really good, by the way, since he's been back in the big leagues. Um, I think those are two guys who you can get up anytime they're ready to go. They can come in just about any situation and succeed in just about any situation. The rest of the bullpen, you know, Kyle Zimmer, you, he needs some time to warm up. Josh Dahman, I think, needs a little time to warm up. I mean, these are starters who became relievers. So they maybe will get there where they don't need that time. But they, right now I think they need a little bit more, more leeway. Holland, Davis, those guys still need that too. Um, so if you're going to have one guy set for an inning, I think it's one of the guys who you probably don't want to just get up in a hurry. Um, so Barlow and Zuber are the guys who will kind of be the roving innings guys. I, you know, I don't mind it. Like I said, I, there, there are worse things than having a set closer who hits 100 miles per hour with a, with a nasty curveball. <laughs> so I'm not going to explain yeah. too much about it. I, just, I still like the idea of, being able to, to play the matchups, and maybe they will. Maybe the matchups in this series were just such that Josh Dalmont was the guy. I mean, he came in and got the save against the top of the order today. I don't remember what it was the other day. Um, can't remember what part of the order he faced, but um, it could have just been that it was the right matchup for him. But I think I think they're they're in good shape if if he's the guy they've settled on. Um, just you know, <laughs> it's hard hard to beat hundred mile hour heat. Well, if, if, even if they don't settle on him and make him the full-time closer, like, is there a more apt title we could give him with his sort of role in that bullpen? Because you kind of mentioned it there. Like, I don't know if there's anybody in the bullpen who's touching his stuff. So if he's not going to be a full-time closer, then what do you do just in terms of trying to kind of figure out what that role is? Well, I think if you look at him and Barlow specifically, and by the way, Barlow was hitting 98 yeah. today. I don't, I don't think good. we've ever seen that from him. That's crazy. Um, with his with his off-speed stuff, that's <laughs> good luck. Um, but those two guys, I mean, I, I have no problem with them being complete firemen in this bullpen. Just just coming in a situation where you have to get a strikeout. And Salmon hasn't gotten – he hasn't gotten as many strikeouts this year as he did last season. I, I think – I don't know. I don't think he was 100% ready to go when the season started. He had COVID when, when spring training started. He didn't have his didn't get into his first game until like the 19th of March or something crazy like that. So I I think that the best is to come for him still. But um, I mean I I think those two guys if you can if you can say okay hey we're we're targeting you for the two three four hitters and whenever that comes just keep an eye on the game 
and do whatever you need to do to get ready a few batters before that because these are the guys we want you for. Um, I, I, I think that's the way to go with both of those guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's some nasty stuff in this bullpen. It is, we didn't talk about Jake Brent, who threw two fantastic innings yesterday. He's a lefty hitting 98, 99 sometimes. I mean, Mike Matheny, he's, he's managed his bullpen really well. But he's he's been he's been gifted with some arms. I think it's when you've got the arms that he does, you have to you almost have to work to not not manage them well, um, which he did in St. Louis for the record. So it's very possible that that he could manage them poorly. But uh, I I I think personally, I like the idea of Stalmont and Barlow both being those firemen. He is David Lesky. Again, check out that Substack inside the crown. You can also check out his work at RoyalsReview.com. A pleasure, man. Thank you as always. Definitely. Thanks, Nick. Alrighty. That is David Lesky. Seriously. Inside the Crown Substack, it is the best way to get your your news. You don't have to deal with ads. You don't have to go search for stuff. He's sending it to you every day. I love reading it. Um, great stuff from David. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. You're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk. There's a lot of things you might be not really living up to snuff about right now. Are you getting enough haircuts? Are you shaving enough? Are you keeping up with your personal hygiene? Well, one thing that you don't want to be a loser about is having that dirty car. You know, whether it's just driving around town, whether it's you picking up a friend, you want the clean car. And don't you want the sparkly clean car that you're proud of? Well, guess what? Tommy's Express Car Wash. They are going to hook you up with a great car wash that's going to get that car sparkly nice so that when you go to the store, everybody's looking at your car and says, oh, man, where did that guy get his car washed? It's wash, rinse, repeat at Tommy's Express Car Wash. You can download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's right, endless washing for one low price with the Tommy Club app. It's unlimited car washes. Unlimited clean, shiny, and dry. Unlimited use of exclusive app lane. Unlimited access to all Tommy's Express locations, because there's a lot of them. Unlimited guest service. And most importantly, unlimited happiness. They've got the tools and expertise to keep your car clean inside and out. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard and body wax, wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush and spot free rinse, and vacuuming. So download the Tommy Club app today and enjoy that endless washing. Go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. RCST Trivia starting in 10 minutes. We've got three matchups today. I'm excited for all three of these. I'm excited to see what Andrew has in store. I, I'm not saying that I think he's 100% going to win. But he was the only person in the first round who got a very difficult, the, the most difficult set of questions that we have. We have five tiers, right? And we have them kind of labeled for ourselves. Really easy, easy, medium, hard, very hard. We only had one competition get to the very hard. It was Andrew... And he got it right. The pull of most threes hit in a game, 2017, boom, Texas Southern. So maybe it was a one-off, a perfect storm of him getting a question that he happened to know the answer to. But 
if he has another good performance today, I will be ready to push him. I mean, catapult him up the power rankings. I haven't come out with my power rankings yet. I mean, the usual suspects are on there. Isaac, Tate, Eric, Liam. They deserve to get to have that respect until they prove they're not worthy of it. But they went to the Final Four, made it to the first round, some of them without a sweat. But Andrew, of the of the new guys, he wasn't new. He was in it last year. But of the guys who like are just sort of creeping up, like he's the first name that comes to mind for me. I got a couple others, but he happens to be going today, so he's the one I'm thinking about right now. That's going to be a good matchup because Steve's really good too. Steve made it to the Elite Eight, Eight last year. Last year yeah. So. Had a tough loss there. I I don't think there is a bigger turnaround from what we heard from a guy in the first round between last year to this year with Andrew. Um, last year, he went one-on-one one on questions. He lost in the first round, and now he looks like one of the better uh, players that we have. And, man, I, I kind of look at this West region as a whole which is our top right region if you're looking at the bracket, to me it feels like the bracket of doom, the bracket of death. You know, we always talk about there's that one bracket every year where it's loaded with all these great teams that could win the title, and you don't want to be in that bracket. Well, I feel like that's how it is with the West. You have Tate in there, um, who's going to be going up against Austin today, and I think that could be a really good matchup. Um, You mentioned the matchup we have with Steve and Andrew. That should be really good. And then you have both the Wilsons, Ben and Leslie, in the middle of it. Um, They're going to have some tough competition as well. Whoever comes out of this region is going to be absolutely battle tested. Yeah, I think you're right. This is a this is a tough one. This is going to be a tough region. You got Tate, who we're also going to hear from today, as the one seed. I mean, his record kind of speaks for itself. What is he? Twenty and one, twenty three and one. Yeah, in yeah, questions, unbelievable. Missed like, one question. Yeah, has Isaac only missed one too? Yeah, Isaac missed one question, and I forget what round it occurred in, but it didn't end up costing him. Um, Obviously, still ended up winning. Yeah, but when you look at it's not just Tate only missed one, and it was the one in the championship that. Yeah, and it was like him. one of the early questions. It was like I think the third question of the round. But Isaac's twenty-one and one. Eric Hansey is twenty-five and one. I mean, those three guys are just absolute powerhouses. Yeah, I forget. I keep forgetting that Eric did so damn well too. Yeah, Eric's only loss was his semifinal one to wow. Tate. So. Any of those guys could win. That's what it, it wouldn't takes. Be surprising. Because I can keep telling you that I can keep telling you that it's volatile and it's luck and and this and that. But I mean, when you got you're talking about guys who only missed one question, and it's not that volatile. You better make them hit them all. You know what I mean? Get everything right. Yeah. Especially the easies, the mediums. What is what you can't control is and and I'm not gonna like this is absolutely plays a factor. Like some of the guy, some of the people who make it far. The dude you went up against, the girl you went up against, they missed an easy one. So you may have only had to answer one question that day. But at some point, you're going to get tested. At some point, you're going to get pushed to the point of, okay, you're really proving how much you know. Chris and Spencer is going to be our, our first one today. Uh, four twelve matchup. Chris was in it last year. I don't think he did well. He might be somebody to watch out for, too. Yeah, Chris. He did uh, well. He did really well in his first week. Chris made the second round last year, so he has an opportunity today. And Chris was was kind of of the same same milk. Chris lost in the second round last year. He went seven and, and one on questions. So he just had a. I don't. I don't know who he played in the second round. I could go back and look, but he just must have had a tough matchup. You know, you go seven and one between two rounds on questions. 
and you don't make the Sweet 16 or the Sizzling 16, excuse me. Um, I mean, I would, I would think he's got to be chomping at the bit for this round because this is the chance for him to go around further this year than he did last year. I, I think he's got his eyes set on something bigger than that. I think most Agreed, people do. But, I, you know, it's it's the old cliche, one game at a time, survive in advance. Remember, I mean, the, our prizes this year, are we have so much more money. Yeah. Do you want to go over prizes. all the prizes again? Because yeah, this do. is the round when the prizes start. Okay. If you win this round. If you win and you make it to the round. I guess of... everybody already won a prize. Free library card. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. If you if you make it to the Sizzling 16, I'm not being... It is great. You should read. Like, read books. Well, they also have movie rentals, so... When read we're doing, a book. No, but when we're doing our movie review and that yeah, returns... Yeah, but read a book. Way, but read yeah, a book. Yeah. Reading's good for you. You've watched plenty of movies. Read a book. <laughs> Sizzling 16. These are the prizes for everybody who makes it to the round of 16. You get a $20 gift card to CBD of Lawrence... Love CBD. I keep a little. I keep a little. Uh, the tincture, the 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 oil. I keep it in my my book bag that I bring to everywhere I go. I bring it to work every day. Put a little drop in my tongue right before the show. Why do you think the show sounds so great? Why do you think I sound so awesome? Why do you think some of my takes are just so next level? You're always like, mm, wow. How did he think of that CBD? You also get a custom RCST T-shirt courtesy of River Rat Print and Skate. Not the same shirts you got last year. So if you're thinking, oh, I already have a shirt. Not this one. We changed it. Multiple designs. That's right. You don't get the hats, which we also got from River Rat. The, the hats, I can't tell you how much of a hit. And like, side note, I need more. <laughs> because I want to wear my hat golfing. I play a lot of golf on the weekends. I want to wear my hat golfing. I'm going to sweat in it. So I need a I need I need a oh, golf so you need hat backup hats. I need a golf hat and then I need a other leisure type hat. leisure yeah. hat where I'm not sweating. I can wear like day to day. Every time I wear this hat, people ask me where I got it and if they can get one. We may have to just put those on sale. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not kidding. We're about to we're about to oh should I can I say this? We're yeah. about to launch a website, and when we do, I think maybe we should have a merchandise shop. Put some hats in there. These hats are nice. They're Adidas hats. Like these are not like cheap hats. These are nice hats. Every time I wear it, people want it. I am what you would call a style influencer. So when I wear something, people want it. But those don't come out to the eight, the yeah. round of eight. So we're not just giving those away willy nilly. You need to prove yourself before you get an RCST hat. But a free T-shirt, which is priceless. And $20 to CBD Lawrence for everybody who makes it to the Sizzling 16. You get to the uh, Grade 8. You're also going to get not just the hat, $40 to Hawaiian Bros, $25 to 23rd Street Brewery, automatic entry into RCST Trivia in 2022. The Phenomenal Four. You get a four-pack of soccer uh, tickets to Sporting Kansas City. You get a Sporting Kansas City jersey. You get a pint glass and a hat from Toppling Goliath Brewery. And you get a trophy, a Final Four trophy, a Phenomenal Four trophy. You make it to the championship game, you're going to get that Sporting Kansas City jersey custom. Put whatever you want on it. $50 more to a 23rd Street Brewery. And you're going to get a dozen or two dozen golf balls, RCST logo, Vice Golf Balls. Gave a sleeve to, uh, gave a sleeve to my friend yesterday. Lost them all. <laughs> lost all three of them yesterday. In nine holes. In nine holes. He lost three of them. They're gone. These are collector's items, okay? So you can play with them if you want, but, like, honestly, I wouldn't. 
Hold on to those babies. It's like crypto. Hold on to it. Wait for the market to boom. Ten years from now, those things are going to be worth millions. What? Thousands. Dozens of dollars. Uh, And the winner. It's a big screen TV. 65-inch Samsung. A cooler from Toppling Goliath. A championship trophy from Jayhawk Trophy. Lifetime interest to RCST Trivia. And uh, pride. Right? The respect of your peers. Which is probably the best prize of all. Let's get it going. First matchup of round two. RCST Trivia coming up next. Quick shout out to all of our sponsors. RCST Trivia, 23rd Street Brewery, Sporting Kansas City, Pella Windows, Toppling Goliath, CBD of Lawrence, River Rat, Print and Skate, Jayhawk Trophy, Hawaiian Bros, and the Lawrence Public Library. Our first matchup today brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Open for dine-in, carry-out, and catering. Outdoor patio is a great spot to enjoy the warm weather. Try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese. The Haney Turkey Stack or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery's beer, which you can get to go as well with their crowlers. All right, here we go. Separating the contenders from the pretenders. Round two of RCST Trivia. So everybody who wins a second round matchup is getting into the prize pool. This is when people start racking up those great prizes from all of our great sponsors here for RCST Trivia. And we've got a nice little matchup here to get round two underway. This is a 4-12 matchup between Chris and Spencer from the East region. Chris is the four seed in the East region. Chris, how's it feel to be back on RCSD Trivia? Do you feel even more prepared than you were the first time around? I think I do. I'm excited to keep this tournament going. Have you done your research on your opponent? This is the first opportunity where now you're in the second round. There's tape out on everybody. What do you know about Spencer, the 12 seed you're going to be facing today? Uh, Well, I went back to the tape this morning, listened to his last matchup. He answered those questions pretty quickly, but his opponent missed an easy one, so there's not a lot of tape out there. Yeah, that can be difficult, right? But I guess it's all about self-scouting, right? It's about doing your homework and trying to improve yourself. And can you take us behind the curtain a little bit? Because right when you hopped on the Zoom call, I heard you doing some last-minute research. Tell the uh, listeners what you were prepping on. Uh, I was looking at some jersey numbers. You guys have been stumping a lot of people with those so far this year, and they can get a little tricky. Yeah, maybe we'll zig when everybody else is zagging. Now everybody's focusing all in on jersey numbers, and we just completely go away from them and never ask them again. We'll find out. Spencer, 12 seed, you pulled off the upset in the first round, but as your opponent just said, uh, your first round matchup saw your competition go out on an easy one. So do you feel like you've really done enough to prove yourself, or is that what you're looking to take care of today? Um, You know, not necessarily. Um, you know, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, 12 seeds tend to kind of get some upsets. So maybe I can pull off another one here today, though. There you go, man. There's always that Cinderella darling. UCLA is an 11 seed, made it to the Final Four. Now that you've heard everybody, I don't know how much research you were doing, Spencer, but do you feel like you stack up with the competition knowing who's out there? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'd say I, I have a pretty good, you know, knowledge of, Kansas Athletics, so I think uh, I think I got a decent shot. All right, guys. Well, you know the rules by now. The only thing that's going to be different from round one to round two is that we have removed all of the really easy questions, the layups, the slam dunks, the ones that everybody should be getting. You guys have proven yourself to the point of getting to this round. 
So we don't think you need those easy ones anymore. So we've removed the, the really easy ones. We're starting with the second difficulty tier. Everything else is going to be the same, though. Still going to get more difficult as you guys progress throughout the rounds. We're still going to be finding our winner in the same fashion, waiting for one person to get it right, one person to get it wrong. You still have 30 seconds on the clock. We're still going to give you a five-second warning that sounds like this. Make sure you get your answer off before you hear Eric Collins yell, Oh! oh! All right, Chris, Spencer, do you have any questions for me before we get going? Nope. Nope. All right, Spencer, underdog yet again. You get to choose whether you want to answer first or second. Um, I'll go second this time. Okay, Chris, that means first question is for you. Chris, the 2014 season and Andrew Wiggins' Kansas career came to a close with a second-round loss in the NCAA tournament to this Pac-12 school? That would be the Stanford Cardinal. That is right. Stanford, KU lost that game 60-57. to 57. That, was a, that was an ugly one. He even knew that it was Cardinal, not Cardinals. I would have said Cardinals, for sure. All right, Spencer, your first question. The next year, in 2015, Kansas lost again in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Who did they lose to? This was in the second round, you said? Second round, 2015. Wichita State. Wichita State is correct. That one was a bit of a beatdown. 78 to 65, the final score. All right, guys. Good start. Two for two, moving on to the next round of questioning, and we're going back to you for this one, Chris. Prior to losing to USC in the second round this past season, who was the last team to beat Kansas? Oh, man. Uh, Texas. Wow. Buzzer beater. That was a buzzer beater. Kansas lost to Texas. It was that overtime game. They should have won. They should have won that game in Austin. 75-72, the final score. I don't know. Was that a complete guess, Chris? Not really a complete guess. I knew we'd lost to him twice. I just couldn't remember the order of the games. All right. There you go. Got it right. Spencer. Back to you. Spencer, what ranked team from the Big East did Kansas beat in Allen Fieldhouse in December of this past season? Creighton. That is correct. Marcus Zagorowski, three free throws at the end of the game to send it to overtime, goes two for three KU wins. All right. Round number three of questioning. We've got a good one here. Second round matchup between the four seed Chris and the 12 seed Spencer. Neither one of these guys want to go home yet. Chris, we're going back to you now. Things are going to get a little more tricky here. Chris, in 1978, Kansas made the NCAA tournament led by a star freshman guard. Who was he? 
That would be Darnell Valentine. That would be Darnell Valentine. Great job, Chris. Things are getting tense. Spencer, back to you. Spencer, what sophomore big man led KU in points per game on the 1999 Kansas team that lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament? Can you tell me who we lost to? believe it was Kentucky. Okay. Was it Rafe LaFrance? <clears throat> Rafe LaFrance last season was the year before the sophomore big man Spencer in 1999 was Eric Chenoweth. Eric Chenoweth led Ooh. the team with 13 and a half points per game. That's a great matchup to get the second round underway. And Chris, you are moving on to the second round. You were up against it there. Or the third round, excuse me. The yeah. sizzling 16. You were up against it with the uh, with the Texas question. You heard the buzzer yeah. come on. And you got the, que- the answer out at the last second. But that's what it takes, man. How do you feel? I feel elated. I'm excited to keep going. I'm looking forward to this t-shirt. That's right. Uh, Spencer, thank you for the game. Priceless, priceless T-shirt. You know, uh, the the question you got right, 19, I say the word, I just said 1978, and I saw you grimace, like, uh uh-oh, here we go. I said 1978, but it didn't take you long to pull out Darnell Valentine. Well, there's only two real guards I know from that era, Bud Stallworth and Darnell Valentine. I I think Bud Stallworth was a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. and uh, threw it out there, and it worked. There you go, man. Now Spencer, a little a little bit shaky there because we had we had uh, you had a question that, that, about who KU lost to in 1999. Um, do you feel like the the year was what tripped you up? You said Rafe LaFrance. Kind of take me through how you got to that answer. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Rafe because I was just confused on 99 to 98. I know that those eras, those years, kind of ran together mm-hmm. there. Some a lot of tough losses in that those in the late 90s. So. Um, Honestly, don't even remember Eric Chenoweth. I was like three years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a little pocket there between about 99 and 01 when it was sort of the transition between the, the Paul Pierce, the Rafe LaFrance teams, and then the Jeff Boshi, Nick Collison, Kirk Heinrich, Drew Gooden years. So that's an interesting little era. There may be some more questions coming up in future rounds. Spencer, you did well. 12 seed making it to the second round. Uh, probably moving up the seed line next year after your performance. So thank you so much, Chris. Congratulations, guys. Thanks for getting us started off here in round two. Thanks, fellas. RCST Trivia brought to you by Toppling Goliath with a brewery and tap room located in Decorah, Iowa. Toppling Goliath features 10 of the top 250 beers in the world, according to Beer Advocate. That also includes three of the top 10, three of the top 10 world beers and six of the top 100. If you're not going to be making it up to Decorah anytime soon, don't worry, you can order Toppling Goliath Apparel and beer at tgbrews.com. Everybody who wins in the second round of RCST Trivia and makes it into the Sizzling 16 is going to win a $20 gift card to CBD of Lawrence, as well as an RCST t-shirt, which, as we all know, 
you cannot possibly put a price tag on. That was cathartic. That first matchup of the day, getting to hear the the tense music, having it go a little bit deeper, people not missing jersey number type questions, right? That's what RCST trivia is about. We had a chalky first round, which I believe is going to make for some really exciting matchups, such as our next one. And this one is from the West region. It is a 2-7 matchup. Everybody knows the vaunted 2-7 matchups can go anyway. Steve and Andrew joining us. Round two of our CST trivia. Steve Fetch is the two seed, lived up to the seeding into the second round. Steve, how's it feel? How's the last week been for you? Good. You know, I'm, I'm feeling maybe a little bit more pressure after that lead-in, hearing that the, the first round was, or the first matchup of the day was, uh, you know, such a barn burner. So feeling the pressure there, but other than that, feeling great. It, it, are nerves less of a factor the second time around? Nobody wants to lose in the first round. Now that you've kind of gotten that taken care of, is there a, a little bit more of a calming sense here as you get ready for your next one? I think so. You know, I think, you know, when you when you start the zoom up, it, it you know, you get the butterflies a little bit, but certainly nothing compared to, to what the first round matchup was like. Well, you're taking on a seven seed, Andrew, who, I mean, if we're reseeding, he's definitely going up because of the Texas Southern poll. The only person to knock down a very hard question in round one. So, Andrew, you're one of the top storylines here entering round two. A little bit more expectations. How do you feel? Oh, I think I'm ready for it. You know, we've been, we've had a good week of practice. So, uh, we're ready to go. You know, the only thing, the only thing I'm a little nervous about is it's not quite 11 o'clock in the morning out here on the on the West Coast, in in, in the West Region. So, uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a late night watching those Oscars last night. So, uh-huh. well, understandable. Maybe, hope, hopefully, I'm awake. Yeah, a little sluggish. These early starts can get can trip people up. Hopefully, we have a better ending than the Oscars last night. I did not watch it. Don't spoil it for me. Most awkward ending ever. Okay. I'll check it out. But first, we have some business to take care of. Steve and Andrew, the only thing that's going to be different from your first round showdown is no more really easy questions. You don't need the layups. You don't need those warm-ups. We're going to get right into that second tier of difficulty questions. Everything else is going to stay the same, though. As you guys advance throughout the rounds, the questions will get progressively more and more difficult until we get our winner. You still have 30 seconds on the clock. We're still going to give you a five-second warning, which sounds like this. You hear that? You've got five seconds. Please answer. Please say something. Just guess. Guess Wilt Chamberlain or, like, Oklahoma State, right? Danny Manning. Danny Manning. Any of the above is better than saying nothing. Give yourself a chance, even if you don't know what the answer is. Steve, Andrew, I'm excited for this one. Are you guys ready to go? Yep. Do it. All right, Andrew. You're the seventh seed. So you have the option of picking first or second. I went first last week, so let's just stay with that. All right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh-oh, we got a cat sighting. Steve, don't, yeah, get, sure dis- do. don't get distracted, man. Come on. <laughs> it's go time. All right, Andrew, first question. Bill Self's first head coaching job was at a small school in Oklahoma who made the Sweet 16. Or Roberts. And whoa, cocky. That could be dangerous, but yes, the correct answer is Oral Roberts. The first answer where we had negative numbers on the time limit. Do you remember when somebody did that last year, by the way? Somebody did it, they got it right, wrong. and then, no, they got it right the first time they did it, so they did it again, they got it wrong. Yeah, so don't, re- was that you? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Don't make the same that mistake was, twice. But he got that it right. Part of, that was, that, I, I, I blame that for the uh, next round, uh, missing out on Frank Mason because I didn't take my time. I just, uh-huh. you know. Be careful. Anyway, it's a dangerous the, the, game you're playing. With, with Oral Bob. Dangerous game you're playing, Andrew. All right, Steve, your first question. Prior to coming to Kansas, Bill Self was a coach in the Big Ten. What school did he leave to come to Lawrence? Yeah, he. Uh, I, I should have fired this off and tried to try to beat him to the punch and, and answered even quicker. But I'm gonna go with Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually thinking you might do that, but you got it nonetheless. Another cat sighting for Steve. And Andrew, here is your second question. In the 2019-2020 season, Kansas lost just three games total. One of them came in the season opener in the Champions Classic against who? That was against Duke. That is correct. Steve, back to you. That same year, KU's second loss came in a road non-con game against a Big East opponent by a final score of 56 to 55. Who was that loss against? Uh, That would be Villanova. That would be Villanova. Nail-biting loss. All right, great job, guys. Two for two. Moving on to the third round of questioning. This is what I like. I knew it. I knew this would happen. First round matchups. We had some stinkers. It's going to make for great second round showdowns. And Andrew... We're going back to you now for question number three. Andrew, who made the game-tying shot for Michigan to send it to overtime against Kansas in the 2013 Sweet 16? Don't even need to finish the question because that is correct. I was in Dallas for that one. That's got to be top five most heart-wrenching losses, I was already planning. the self-era? I was, as a fan, I was already planning the celebration. I was already planning the celebration. There was no celebration. All right, Steve, back to you. Steve, what Purdue player torched Kansas for 26 points in a near upset of the Jayhawks in the 2012 NCAA tournament second round? I believe that would be current ESPN commentator Robbie Hummel. That was Robbie Hummel, and he's pretty good. I like Robbie Hummel. I wish I want to get him on some more KU games. All right. You, you like him more than Lance Blanks? Um, <laughs> Lance Blanks has a special place in my heart. He's got a very special place in my heart. Okay, Andrew, I don't know how you've done it, my friend, but you are back in the very hard tier of questions. We'll see if you can uh, have some similar luck as you did last time around. Let's go, guys. Loving it. Andrew, back to you. <laughs> the beginning years of basketball saw KU as an independent until 1907, when they joined what conference? Was it the Missouri Valley? <laughs> yes, it was. It was the Missouri Valley. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, Steve. Steve, what league did they leave for and join? in 1928. Okay. Well, shoot, I can't remember what it started out as. 
Oh, maybe there's one in between. I'm gonna say the big six, but I don't think that that's right. Woo! Look at this! That is correct. The big six was formed, I believe, in 1928. I couldn't I couldn't remember if there was one in between those two or not. Went on I was to wondering the same thing, Steve. Well, if it makes you guys feel even better, then I wouldn't have gotten either one of them. All right. <laughs> we don't have any more difficult questions. I mean, we don't get more difficult than this, so I'm just going to keep giving you guys questions from this very difficult tier until one of you guys misses one. RCST Trivia, second round matchup between Steve and Andy. Either one of you guys just want to quit? You guys just want to give up? Okay. Just checking. Andrew, back to you. What school was the 16 seed that Kansas defeated in the first round of the 2007 NCAA tournament? Um, 2007. Mm -hmm. Okay, I um I was there in Chicago. There were the uh, purple. There it was. Uh, it was Niagara. The purple. <laughs> wow. Wow. Go Purple Eagles. That is go, correct. Go, go, go Purple Eagles. This is they brought, a, they brought a big big contingent. This is insane. This is electric. This is absolutely electric. Steve, the pressure is on. Here you go. Steve, in 2004, Bill Self's first NCAA tournament win at Kansas came by a score of 78 to 53 against who? Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the year they played Pacific in the second round, I think, but I can't remember who their first round was. Uh, shoot, 2004. Uh, oh! Detroit. I don't know. Well, close. It was. It was. It's against another school named after a major metro area. It was against Illinois Chicago. Ah, that's right. The game was in Kansas City at Kemper Arena. But you, you were right. You got Pacific. They did play Pacific in the second round. How'd you remember that one? Uh I I don't remember to be honest with you. I just yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought when Andrew said he watched the Niagara game in Chicago, he's going to tip. I was off. like, "Uh oh, ah, yeah, Man. maybe I should have gone with that." Yeah, I, 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 I was at those games against Chicago and uh, and Pacific, but I, I was not. I would not have come up with Pacific. I remembered Chicago for some reason in the first round. Um, but great, great, great work, Steve. That felt like a title bout. I feel like we should, I mean, we have the inventory. I feel like both these guys should get the RCST t-shirt. You're going to make the executive decision to yes, give, to, I, what about anybody else who gets eliminated? If you get a hard round? question right. Okay. Yeah. I like I like that. Yeah. If you get a hard question right. In this round, yeah. Automatically get a t-shirt. Okay. There you have it. Steve, like, I, I don't know if that's a good enough consolation prize. I don't know what else to tell you, man, because you you gave it everything. It was one of the best performances we've had yet. You're still going home. I don't know if it's a bittersweet feeling, but what's going through your head right now? Well, you know, it does make me feel worse because, like, tournament opponents and stuff is kind of one of the areas that I thought I was pretty good in. Uh, but, yeah, just, I guess, those early Bill Self years may be a little bit of a mm -hmm. bit of a black hole uh, for me. But, you know, I mean, 
tough to tough seating, I guess. Whoever made the bracket, I'm gonna you know, <laughs> lodge a complaint against. But other than that, I mean, it was it was fun and, and no complaints. And I think I probably just lost to the future champ, so that that's not too bad either. Wow, <laughs> big pressure, Andrew. What do you think? I mean, it's tough to argue with based off your performance. You've now nailed you're three for three. You're three for three in the very hard questions. You've got to be feeling pretty pretty jubilant right now, Andrew. Well, you know, we're taking it round by round. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a uh, Kansas team that was hot in the tournament in the first three rounds in 2017. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they had the largest margin of victory across the first three games yep. in tournament history yep. and then ran into an Oregon team. So anything can happen. Just uh, happy to survive in advance. That's great perspective. That was a great matchup. That was the best one we've had so far. Steve and Andrew, great job. Uh, it's sorry that somebody had to lose that one. Steve, great performance today, man. Hey, great performance. Worthy of a two seed. I think that's what we learned. Very worthy of your seeding. And uh, certainly a championship caliber uh, uh, contestant. But you happen to go up against another one of them today. So congrats to you, Andrew. Steve, thank you. Guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Sporting Kansas City. MLS is back. After finishing at the top of the Western Conference last season, Sporting Kansas City is ready to take the field and paint the wall this year. And if you haven't heard, Sporting Kansas City will be welcoming a limited-capacity crowd again this season. To watch Sporting Kansas City live and in person this year, go to SeatGeek.com SKC. And because you're a listener of Rock Chalk Sports Talk, use the code SKCRCST at checkout to get an exclusive discount on tickets. Again, use the code SKCRCST at checkout and receive an exclusive discount for our listeners at checkout. We'll see you at Children's Mercy Park. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Pella Windows. Pella Product of Kansas is your one-stop shop for all your window and door needs. Pella offers everything from turnkey window and door replacements to experts in the field that can work with your contractor and find the perfect solution for that project to make your house feel like a home. Whether you're building a home, taking on a remodeling project, or simply want the best replacement solution, Pella Windows has all your answers. Stop by the newly remodeled showroom on the northwest corner of 6th and Wakarusa or call 785 749 4808. Don't hesitate. Appointments are filling up fast. All right, it's been a great day. Great day of RCST trivia matchups. Two down, one to go. The first two were awesome. Going deep. This is what we expected after a very chalky first round of RCST trivia. And so far, we're getting a great product with great matchups and deserving winners. Let's see if this one will continue that trend. It's the 1 9 matchup in the same region that you guys just heard from. So, stiff competition for whoever wins this one could be coming later on in the region. The West region, again, the one seed. Final four contestant from a season ago. And I believe our official statistician reported 20-1. and one. Is that correct? 20-1. and 23-1. and one. You 23, sorry. Tate, 23-1 and one on trivia questions so far. So, picking off right where you left off. How do you feel, man? Feeling good, excited. Um, I think the nerves start to kick in a little bit. You know, if you if you get past the round of 32 and on to the, uh, not the sweet 16, what are you guys calling it? The sizzling, the sizzling. 16. Yeah, don't, yeah, guys, don't, even, don't even say sweet 16. All right, you guys can cut that out after the fact. Sizzling 16, 
Um, but I'm excited. I, I listened to Austin's previous matchup, and he knows his stuff, so I think I have my hands full. All right, Austin, you were a newcomer the first time we heard you about two weeks ago. You're not a newcomer anymore because you're in the second round. Now is where the expectations start to come in. What What's changed after your first match? If you didn't know what to expect the first time around, do you feel more ready? Are the nerves gone this time around? Uh, I, I feel a bit more ready. I've been I've been studying up on some stuff, uh, but at the same time, a uh, very formidable opponent in, in Tate. And I certainly have a ton of respect for uh, what he's done in, in past years. Uh, so I don't I don't think he's going to leave me much margin for error, but I'm hoping to put myself in a position to take advantage of any random break that might go my way. That was a very professional response. <laughs> You said all the right things there. You're doing the coach speak. Now, it's not going to win you anything, but it at least shows your head's in the right place. The winner of this matchup gets a coveted, priceless RCST t-shirt as well as a $20 gift card to CBD of Lawrence. So from now on, whenever you're winning, you're winning prizes. Tate, you know what that's about. That's, uh, you know, it's all for the glory. It's all for the recognition. Nice added bonus. The prizes that come along with it. And we've got some great ones this year. Okay, guys, you guys know the rules by now. The only thing that's going to be different from your first round matchup to today is no more really easy questions. You guys don't need them, so we have taken them out. Everything else the same, though. We're still going to get progressively more difficult as we advance throughout the rounds until one of you guys is crowned our winner for this matchup. You still have 30 seconds to answer, and your timer does start as soon as I get done asking my question. And we're still going to play you this five-second warning. When you hear this, you've got five seconds left on the clock, so get an answer out. And, and say something. Say Don't say nothing. If you don't have a clue, guess Wilt Chamberlain or Danny Manning or Oklahoma State. It's better than saying nothing. Okay. Tate, Austin, you guys ready to do this? Let's go. All right. Austin, the underdog once again. We'll find out if you're really an underdog. But today, right now, you are which means you have the option of answering first or second. Uh, I'll go second. Okay. Tate, our runner-up from last season, first question's for you. Tate, what's the name of the KU big man who was a Jayhawk from 1995 to 1998? He was a two-time consensus first-team All-American, and he has his number 45 jersey retired in Allen Fieldhouse. That is uh, Rafe LaFrance. That is right. My personal favorite Jayhawk of all time. I like being a little Jayhawk hipster. With What's that. he doing nowadays? I think he like runs a farm in Iowa. Nobody's heard from him, man. That's the life. All right, Austin. Your first question. From 2002 to 2005, this star forward from Leavenworth, Kansas, was a two-time All-Big 12 first-team selection. He was the 2005 Big 12 Player of the Year. He also has his jersey retired. His is number 23. Who is he? Oh, this is bad because off the top of my head, I don't know this. Um, oh, let's see. Forward 23. Um, oh, this is going to kill me, but I'm going to guess Keith Langford. Mm-hmm. Ah. Got the error right. Uh, so rough. One of Keith Langford's teammates. Does that help at all? Uh, I mean, it's not, you're not going to get it. I'm not going to give you points anyway. I just didn't know. 
I didn't know how yeah. close you were. Uh, His I mean, nickname's Aaron Big Miles Dub. At the same time, but keep going. Just keep going. You're if, getting if close. If you can get this right, you can get a free library card from Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's not uh, Collison or Heinrich. Um, okay. it, oh, is it Wayne Simeon? It is Wayne Simeon. Oh, good Lord. Big Dub. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, I think I think it was before... Um, who was was he the last KU player to average twenty and ten in a season? I think he was because Diedrich didn't have did Diedrich average twenty. No, he didn't. I don't know. Could be right. Could be a trivia question. Could be a trivia question coming. Austin, uh, bummer to lose on the first question. Um, I could tell right away you were searching, and that's usually not a good feeling because once someone's searching, all they're thinking about is the fact that they're searching instead of trying to work towards the answer. Is that kind of accurate with what you were going through there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know why I always forget about Wayne Simeon. Um, but, you know, the something about this day has to regress back to the mean, right? So we had a, a great matchup pre- prior to this. And so it kind of <laughs> makes sense that we have a one round matchup after. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't feel great, but I think that this outcome was uh, expected, unfortunately. Wow. Well, I don't like hearing that. I wish you would have brought a little bit more confidence to the table, Austin. But you know what? To your point. You're going up against a one seed. It's tough. Tate's proven himself. Didn't even have to break a sweat today, Tate. Cool, calm, collected. On to the sizzling 16. Remember that sizzling 16, okay? <laughs> you got it. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, survive in advance, right? So um, I'm happy to be moving on to the next round. I know, uh, Austin, it gets tough when you're when you're put on the spot. And like Nick said, you're just searching for the answer and, and can't come up with it, which is always tough. But uh, it was fun. Yeah, I, I appreciate the sympathy. I do want to give a quick shout out to, to Ben and Leslie, who uh, I think Leslie mentioned this uh, before, but I was a groomsman in their wedding yeah. and great friends of theirs. And so now I can just invest all my energy into, <laughs> into cheering for them. And Tate, I hope you do well. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you're not going to jump on my bandwagon. <laughs> I, I'm splitting my loyalties here a bit. That that's could be fair. a sizzling 16 matchup, Leslie and Tate, that's, if Leslie can advance. That's right. I think we're going to hear from both Leslie and Ben who have their second-round matchups tomorrow. So, Austin, appreciate being a good sport, man. Sorry it didn't work out in your favor, but uh, congrats once again on making it to the second round. Thank you very much. Tate, becoming a familiar face here on RCST Trivia. Moving on to the sizzling 16. We'll see who you're matched up against tomorrow. Congratulations, Tate. Austin, thanks again. Yep. See ya. Thanks, guys. Did you watch the new Mortal Kombat this weekend? No, I didn't. I was out of town, so I didn't get around to it. Oh, yeah. Where were you? Vegas. How was that? Uh, I was very, uh, very tired and hungover yesterday. So good. You were there Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Three nights in Vegas is too much. And the third night was too much. It's always too much. The difference between two nights in Vegas and three nights in Vegas feels like a week anywhere else. Like that's, I've done both. I am firmly in the two night camp. (laughs) Because you're hardly sleeping anyway, usually, depending on what kind of Vegas trip it is. And usually, most Vegas trips are like that. Right. I think I went to bed on like Sunday morning, I guess, from a Saturday night at like 7.30 in the morning. Woke yeah. up to leave for my flight at 10. Oh, dude. those ugh. Can't do that. No. Can't do those, those early well morning Blackjack, flights though. out of Vegas. Did you, did you win money? Yeah. Uh, the first couple days, no. But one more back and ended up positive betting-wise. Hit on some sports bets as well. 
It was a good weekend. Did you? What sports bets? Um, so some baseball bets, and then uh, got into some of those. Did you see any of the UFC fighting? And baseball betting is for degens. Oh, it's tough. It's very tough. I didn't see any. All all I saw from the UFC fights was that dude break his leg. Yeah, that was disgusting. Um, I I'm not like usually like I don't go out of my way to buy these UFC fights, but you know if you're in Vegas and it's on these TVs and stuff, you're gonna get into it. It was fun. I don't even gamble anymore. I put my money in crypto now. Oh, I knew they were going to become this guy. Yeah, you know, if you want to keep gambling and wagering on potential outcomes, that's fine. I just oh, follow so this the, is not gambling. I follow the market trends. It's uh, smarter. Okay. Uh huh. It's investment. Yeah. I don't believe you. I think you're going to gamble too. You just don't have anything on right now that you want to gamble on. Is the problem? I gambled. You're going to be gambling Thursday I night on the on NFL golf. draft. Okay, uh, that too. That yeah, too. and I'm yeah. going to do over unders for the draft. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'll read you back in. But, but okay, what happened with Mortal Kombat? I was just seeing if you'd watched it. Oh, did you? Half of it. Fell asleep. Okay, so that doesn't ring great for the review. I watched, I started it at midnight on so, Friday. I wasn't like ever super excited for it. I never played Mortal Kombat growing up, so this might not what? be my... Were like, you I'm a, aware of the game. Were you a Tekken you know? guy? No, this was... I think Mortal Kombat for me was probably like... Like, you're a few years older than me. I think it was probably more your wheelhouse, Adrian. Oh yeah, dude. Like for me, it was more it's a like go, it's a it's an all time video game. Yeah, see, Mount Rushmore. For me, it was like uh, Super Smash Brothers. Ugh. I never played Super Smash Brothers. See, okay, maybe that's the the four year divide or something. I'm sure there's some people that classify into both. But speaking of old video games, I tried to play GoldenEye oh. two nights ago. Couldn't play it. That's I mean, funny. I, did. I, I, I play. We played a game, yeah. but it, the, the mechanics of it, you think it's nostalgic until you play it, and you're right. just like, this game sucks. And you're like, the graphics on this are awful. It's like I'm playing on a blurry screen. It's so hard to move but around. It, but like, if you ever did, you ever see one of those like tournaments where they put out the tournament bracket, and it's like, best video game ever. It's always like a one or a two seed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always all nostalgia, or just like how you felt in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what that's don't ruin your old games by going back and playing them and then realizing that they do not withstand the test of time <laughs> whatsoever. But Mortal Kombat about what you would think mindless action. We talked to Matt Galloway on Friday. I told him it's going on the wheel. Mm. Whenever that resumes, he's getting vaccinated. I I'm fully vaccinated. You're fully vaccinated. He's going to be fully vaccinated soon. When he does, I believe shortly thereafter, uh, discussions have been had to bringing back the movie review segment. And when we do, I feel like it's going to be better. We're going to enhance it. We're going to improve it. We're going to have a ton of movies, new movies. Well, there haven't been that many new movies that have come out, but I mean, you think about it, like Kong versus Godzilla. That's a good movie review type. Uh, Mortal Kombat, obviously perfect for this review. I'm not saying it's great or awful. It's somewhere in between, but... It's going to be perfect for what Matt does. So, And I know he's going to give it like a two because it's mindless action. And I told him this on Friday. He is biased against... Oh, he hates those movies. I mean, he gave John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I brought up. That should be a 10. People love John Wick. I love John Wick. Would he give Wick. it like five or six? I don't know. It was bad. Yeah, it was. he just said it was repetitive, yeah. which it is. But don't tell Matt what happens in the second and the third John Wicks because <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be super thrilled about it. You made me think of something, though. Uh, betting on the NFL draft, which I almost never do, I think I'm going to dabble with some over-unders this year. Mm-hmm. Is there any player or team specifically that like you feel confident about or enough to like take a risk on? Well, the first thing I have to ask is, this is just like a clarification for me because I feel like this is the same thing with how we say 
uh, seeds in the NCAA tournament. You know, is a high seed, is that a, a seed like a one seed, or is a high seed based on the numbers at a 14 seed? Uh, how does that work with the over-unders for the draft? Like, are you saying, you know, if you're saying, is it over-under pick 16 and a half, are you saying it's over the number of 16 and a half, meaning they get picked 20, or is it over in terms of meaning they're getting picked higher than pick 16 and a half? I think it clarifies. It says, like, on most betting sites, it says, like, before, you know? Okay. Um, like, the big one to me is what you think the Niners are going to do at number three. The Niners gave up a ton to trade up with the Dolphins to get picked number three. Now, we know they're taking a quarterback, and I, I know that there are experts out there that will have you believe it's a done deal. It's Mac Jones. Dude, I don't believe that for a second. Because the idea that you would trade up to get Mac Jones, aside from the fact that you don't have to, you wouldn't have to trade up to get Mac Jones. And I'm telling you that, man, come on. Like, do not kid yourself that all of a sudden there's going to be this huge run and everybody wants Mac Jones. Like, ahead of Justin Fields and ahead of Trey Lance. There are examples, though. I know that there are. Giants traded up for Daniel Jones. That was the same thing. Everybody's like, what are you doing? You know? Uh, Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky. But it's different when there's other quarterbacks who yeah. a lot of people think could go in that spot. Nobody was saying that Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson were going to go number two. Mm-hmm. Nobody was saying that. And that's why, like, yes, it's it's okay to crush the Bears for making that pick. But also, nobody at the time was saying Patrick Mahomes should be the number two pick. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. This is different. Like There are people out there who are like, no... Justin Fields may be worth a top two pick. Same thing with Trey Lance. And right now, by the way, Trey Lance is even money to go third overall. And I was, I was somebody I follow on Twitter. He's actually a KU guy. He writes about the NFL NFL draft. His name's Thor Nystrom. He, he highlighted this. The odds have just been going up. Like a month ago, it was seven to one. A couple weeks ago, it was four to one. Now it's even money. Even money for Trey Lance to go there. Because you have to think about it. Why would you not only trade up to do it, but then tell everybody that's what you're doing? <laughs> Telling everybody, I'm going to take this guy that nobody else would take in this spot. Because I don't think they're doing it. And maybe it's a, it's a complex with Kyle Shanahan that he wants to go get the Jimmy Garoppolo's and the Kirk Cousins of the world and the Mac Jones and say, he may not be a star, but he's perfect for my system. He's going to do exactly what I want, and I don't need a star. Because I do think there is a level of Kyle Shanahan that thinks he can win with any quarterback. And maybe that's true. But if you can win with any quarterback, imagine what you could do with a great one. Yeah. And here it's a rookie. So if this isn't going out and trying to get a discounted starting quarterback. This is a rookie. You can have whoever you want. Why would you not take the guy who you think has the highest ceiling? If you are a quarterback whisperer, why wouldn't you want the guy that you feel like can be a superstar? And that is not Mac Jones, but it might be Trey Lance. So actually to that point, Todd McShay um, for ESPN actually uh, reported this today. He said, quote, I'm told that many in the 49ers personnel department have pushed for North Dakota State QB Trey Lance, but that Coach Kyle Shanahan wants to draft Alabama's Mac Jones. One person I spoke to even heard that Shanahan might acquiesce to the scouting department on the selection, but others have said that seems unlikely. At this time of the year, there's a lot of seed planting with the rumor mill, and it certainly could be the case here. Which so, one? That the the seed planting that they're wavering on Mac Jones is that yeah, what the seed I don't is? Know. Or is this just is the point for there to be confusion? I don't know. But again, like it's like you said, like what is 
What is the motive there? Like, because you I, already traded up. Yeah, you know what I mean. And right. you're not and you already know out. who's going one and two. Right. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence one to the Jags. So it's going to be Zach motive? Wilson two to the you know? Jets. I have no idea. Which tells me that it's not like you're. There's a term we'll hear a lot over the next couple of days: smokescreen. Yeah. I would tend to agree with that. I just I think I find it puzzling that you give up as much as you did to get the third pick without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt who you were trading up to get. Maybe. I, I think this year, like, it's different because like you brought like when I brought up the Daniel Jones thing, you said, but there weren't other quarterbacks. That makes it different because that means you're targeting Daniel Jones. I think given you knew there were going to be five quarterbacks. Kind we, of in we, this need area. One, we need one of them. You were just saying we need one. Yeah, I got. Yeah, maybe so. Like you knew all along, you were going. We're going to take a quarterback, and it is our job over the next three months or whatever, whenever they made the trade, two uh-huh. months, to figure out which of that guys is the best. With Kyle Shanahan, if you are so good with quarterbacks, and he is, like he deserves that title of being a quarterback whisperer. He's done some really good things with some pretty average quarterbacks. Don't you kind of just have to let him take his guy? Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> because, like, that's the thing. If you're a quarterback whisperer, it shouldn't matter. And we've we've seen enough coaches who, like, are great coaches, but they fail at the personnel stuff. You know, like, I mean, Bill Belichick over the last five years has been really bad at drafting. Mm-hmm. The reason Andy Reid got fired from Philadelphia was because he let himself down in player personnel as the GM. And now that he's with the Chiefs, he's not the GM, doesn't have to worry about it. So even great coaches, there's a difference there between that and being a GM. So no, I I don't think so. But okay, but like we're talking about two different things. There's a difference between roster building, yeah. and drafting versus I am and I'm a head a quarterback. Yeah, I'm the yeah. head coach, and I'm an offensive minded head coach, and I specifically work very well with quarterbacks. Like this is my niche. So if there were one area where you would defer to him, it would be this. And if he's saying, this is my guy, I kind of feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're saying, oh, okay, cool, but we like this other guy better. Now, maybe you could say to yourself and and justify it by saying, well, we think you're going to be able to work well with any of these dudes. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like if John Lynch wants to say, no bleeping way, we're not taking Mac Jones, like he's going to do it. You know, if he says, I know you wanted this guy, I don't care. Like it's the third overall pick. It's a quarterback. It's going to alter our job security and the future of this franchise. I'm not taking the guy who I don't think is as good as the other guy. Ultimately, like if if there if if push came to shove, like Lynch is going to have the executive decision to make there. I don't know how much this matters, but let's say Kyle Shanahan was, and I don't know if it was Shanahan or Lynch or somebody else, was the one who made the final call on the quarterback we want to get is Jimmy Garoppolo when they made that trade with the Patriots. Whichever guy pounded the table more, it almost, to me, like, makes you lose credibility. Yeah. I mean, everybody was saying, oh, yeah, go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo if you need a quarterback. So, I I don't know. I don't, I don't want to really hold it against you too much. But maybe that should be, like, a sign of, no, maybe we'll, we'll go with the other guy's decision on the quarterback. Maybe so, dude. <laughs> it's, it's wild because it seems like the only guy... You shouldn't take there is the one that it seems yeah. like they're gonna take. Like if you took Justin Fields, that's, and that'll probably work. Is there any? Again, like I, I'm trying to get in the mind of what's going on here. Like, 
Do they think that the Falcons sitting to pick four love Mac Jones to be Matt Ryan's replacement, and they're trying to give them to give up way too much to flip picks with them so they can still? Has take anybody Trey ever Lance done that? Four? Has anybody ever done I, that? Has anybody ever traded up and then trade traded down? out? I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like something I would do if I were running a Madden game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would just sort of, I do that all the time. I'd trade this player just to trade him, just to trade them. Right? It's like that old story right when Craigslist started about this guy who started with a paperclip and traded his way up to it like a Porsche. Yeah. I don't think that's actually what happened, but if an NFL team took that route, I would have nothing but respect for it. It'd be pretty bold. But I, I don't know how we even got off on this. Over, under, quarterbacks taken in the first round. Mm-hmm. Somebody showed me, uh, it's actually one of our RCST trivia contestants. Somebody shared this picture from 1983 because today is the anniversary of the 83 draft, which, as you remember, was the year uh, Elway went when Marino went 27th overall. Marino went 27th overall. Dan Marino, who had a really, really successful college career at Pittsburgh. I was about to say that, like, this would never happen again. Like, there's no way. Like that, that like a guy like Dan Marino would ever slip. But then I remember that Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first round like two years ago. It is kind of absurd. But I'm looking back at this, just thinking about how different drafts are now. John Elway went one. We always know about that for being the the year when you know the Chiefs took Todd Blackledge, when there was Jim Kelly out there, there was Dan Marino out there. John Elway went one. But the Rams selected Eric Dickerson, second overall. And the Seahawks selected another running back, Kurt Warner, Kurt with a C, third overall. The The Eagles took a running back, eighth overall. And Detroit, at pick number 13, took a fullback, James Jones. And this, this, this newspaper clipping has, like, the comment. And the comment next to James Jones says... Best pure fullback in the draft. Imagine that at one point being like a draft breakdown. It's like, well, they had to take him. He was the best pure fullback out there. (laughs) 13th overall, dude. Are you kidding me? So it's like, oh, well, will running backs ever go two, three, and eight in a draft? Not in in the next decade. Not unless the league drastically shifts in, in a very unforeseen fashion. 13th fullback? Fullback? Do fullbacks even get drafted anymore? Or do they just get signed? Very rare, yeah. Who's the, doesn't Baltimore have just like an insane fullback? Yeah, he's like 5'10", like Patrick Ricard. It's like 300, like 300 pounds. pounds. Yeah. He catches passes. I'll take the under. drafted, though. I'll take the under on that. I'll take the under on .5 fullbacks drafted this year without even looking at the class. I don't know. It could be a great class. You just don't know it. Are we really going to see three wide receivers go in the top 15, though? Like, that's the other over-under yeah. I wonder about is... You look at Jamar Chase, who didn't play last year, but had an incredible year in 2019 for LSU, and then the two Alabama wide receivers, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. The history and the track record of first-round wide receivers is so poor. It's so bad when you look at the guys. This happened uh, the John Ross year with Corey Davis and Mike Williams, Mm. right? Three wide receivers in the top ten. That did not age well whatsoever, and you look at the value that is Always, always, always there in the second round. I mean, just two years ago, you saw DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown, both on the same team, both absolute studs, second round. Michael Thomas, second round pick. Like, there's so much value in the second round. 
that as much as I want to fall in love with Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith, there's part of me that just says, don't do it. Like, of course, you can't make a reasonable argument for any other wide receiver being better than them. But why does it never work out? Why do first-round wide receivers almost never work out? And that's not true, but they do not work out to the level that would suggest they should be valued higher than the guys who are being selected the next day. Yeah, I almost think that some of those guys, like, it was just pushed too high. You know, like, you you mentioned those three names, like Corey Davis. Okay, yeah, but he was, like, a really good receiver at Western Michigan. And John Ross, like, yeah, okay, he was just really fast. He was fine at Washington. Like, I view this receiver class more so like the one in, I want to say it was 2011, when you had A.J. Green and Julio Jones. Um, Like, that's how I view Jamar Chase. Like, he could be Julio Jones 2.0. So I, I I don't really. Use I mean that I as do fault. too. Yeah. Again, anytime I I, t- I I try to have this conversation with myself, I go and I look at the highlights. But you can do from this with season. every position. You can do this with every position. You can go back to a quarterback class and be like, you know, oh look, you had one year where it was you know Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson in the first round, and then you could go back another uh, quarterback class and be like, oh no, it was like Blaine Gabbert and Jake Locker. You can do it with every position. So I I would just try to yeah. evaluate it as as an independent thing and just say that yeah. Those guys are all really good. Chances are one of them probably not going to work out. One of them probably going to be, you know, worse than one of the second round picks. Uh, and then yeah. one of them is going to be like one of them is going to be a bust. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd probably just guess it's the hundred and sixty pound. I'd probably guess mm-hmm. it's the guy who weighs as much as me and plays wide receiver. I love that that's becoming a huge talking point about the NFL draft. Is Devonte Smith? Is he too skinny? He's a hundred and sixty pounds. And you can do a big think piece. Well, and there's a million reasons why why it will work out. You hate skinny people. Chet Holmgren, Devontae Smith. That's two skinny people. Who else? And I don't hate Chet Holmgren because he's skinny. But it does make me think he's not going to be great. <laughs> the same. You know why, dude? Hmm. Because this is professional athletics. Generally bigger and stronger. And that, those are traits that work out, lend themselves to athletic success. So when you're not those things, I mean, you 160 pounds. Oh, well, it didn't seem to hurt him at Alabama. Okay, all right. More wide receivers should be 160. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, no. Skinnier the better. Started a trend. Yeah, let's get smaller. Let's get smaller. Like if you're looking for the bust, <laughs> might start there. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust, but it's really easy to come up with the argument for why he will be. But he'll still probably be top 10 pick. And if he does slide, by the way. Somebody's going to say that, like, really profoundly. Well, you know, we kind of wondered if this would happen. It's like, yeah, he's going to—that's That that's probably it. That There's my first one. Whatever the over-under is on Devontae Smith's draft position, I'll take the under. Mm. He's going to slide because he weighs 160 freaking pounds. All right, that's my draft analysis. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. You're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk.